Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to the Valentine's Day edition of the PFF Forecast. We're going to save the uh, Valentine's Day well wishes for the end of the pod. What we're going to do uh, at the top is we're going to talk about um, wide receivers, why it's important, uh, maybe more important than we thought to have a wide receiver two and a wide receiver three that can do a few things. We're going to look at Super Bowl and MVP futures, which ones we'd want to bet now. And then we're going to do something new. We're going to guess, not the lines, but the win totals for two divisions, uh, the East, the NFC and the AFC East. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's rock. Valentine's Day. Thanks, man. It's uh, it's 20 degrees outside. It's awful. so the warmth is exuding only I, from inside. I t- I got some like well actually tweets. I said snow sucks, and like I grew up in Minnesota. Like I know. Like I, you know that snow sucks. I've slipped and fallen on the ice before, like a number of times. It's a long way up down from six three. By the way, I've I've like backed my car into snowbanks before like there's and I, granted yes there is this thing called skiing okay we we get this but there's really it's so asymmetrical the the shit you go through to deal with snow is nowhere near worth any of the benefits you get from snow there's nothing good about snow even and my kids like now i'm older my kids have a snow day tuesday now i'm at home with the kids i can't work it's worse because i can't freaking hear a damn thing so I, Tell me the benefits of snow, George. I, I can't. Now, you grew up. Did it, it snows. Every, it's not like some winters no, you get this, less snow. Like, I know that it's snowing here, but in Minnesota, you get snow every single This is the winter. first time I've shoveled anything since moving to Cincinnati. Right. And people think of Cincinnati as like a Midwest town. It is, but it's not it's anywhere near the, like, Minnesota, even like Fargo, North Dakota, where I went to college, all that kind of stuff. It, it's like all the time there. And it, it, it still sucks. It sucks all the time. Like... And the worst part is, like, growing up there, the threshold for a snow day is, like, so much higher. You almost never got one. And then the, um, you know, now here, like, it was a dusting on Tuesday. And they had, like, kids Well, here's here's the thing. When you live in a place that isn't used to having snow, the way that they handle it is so poor. So after our podcast on Wednesday, I tried to get an Uber. And the city had completely shut down because there was some snow i could not get an uber so it's about a 20 minute walk back to my apartment right so i'm like okay i'm doing this now the tricky thing is that when you're walking on you can't really walk on snow it's particularly like walk fast right because you're just gonna at some point hit a patch ice you're gonna gonna you're gonna tear we call them in college we call them career enders yes okay so you know me my biggest goal is to get home a quickly but b not to fall you know how much that would injure my uh my confidence so what I'm doing is I'm doing this weird, like, choppy jog on, <laughs> in the middle of the street, okay? Now, I'm almost home, and my apartment is on a uh, downhill, okay? 
So I knew this was going to be a challenge the whole way. So I'm like, all right, I've just got to make it. You know, I've got two blocks down this hill. I've just got to be really concentrated on my footwork. And I'll be fine. Uh, chop your feet. Okay. So I'm, I'm chopping my way down. I'm about three-fourths to lay down, and I just I hit an ice patch. Okay. But heart of a champion. Athletes adjust. I am falling, okay? But because I'm falling backwards and I'm on an, an up a downhill slope, I have a little bit of opportunity. So I jab my right arm back and stab the ground and I'm just laying there looking like I'm break dancing. I managed not to, was, didn't count as a fall. I stayed up. I wasn't down by contact. I made it in uh, without I remember, dude, well, here, I have so many snow stories. It's it will, fucking awful. I don't really want to hear them I will because. Tell, I will say this though, in Cincinnati, not the combination of not being all that ready for bad weather and the Uber situation is an absolute like look we had impeachment hearings like this this should this should be second like we should be doing a, a congressional hearing on this I, I would like i would like to do an entire show where people send us bad uber stories i, I tried I to get an uber back from the gym the other day because my girls were at uh, dance lessons and it, it i live like in a you know good sub it took 20 minutes to get there and the guy instead of being able to find me in a mall parking lot which is where my basically like just said oh i can't find you and like started the car back to my house so as to get the money you hate to see it, it <sighs> all right we're gonna do we'll do an episode on that let us know your worst uber stories Ooh, yeah i could do this all day but we're gonna move on you did some cool stuff other than gripe about the snow in relation to wide receivers and this is kind of off the back end of looking at what happened in the playoffs and you saw the seattle seahawks a team with two really good wide receivers you saw the Green Bay Packers, a team with one really, really good wide receiver. You saw the Kansas City Chiefs, a team with two really good wide receivers, um, end up faltering in the playoffs. Um, and so you kind of looked at the fragility of wide receivers, and um, it was really interesting. Why don't you give us a, a little overview of what you found? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was weird because I, I had always – we had always seen in our data that wide receiver play was important. It was always pushed back on a little bit. There are people we respect who I think disagree with us there. Um, but, you know, when I was watching the playoffs, I was thinking to myself, and we talked about this with the Packers and stuff, but it, it really showed out in the Super Bowl where you have Kansas City, who is too deep at wide receiver, you know, if you count Kelsey as mm -hmm. one. But after that, pretty shallow. And if a team plays five, six defensive backs all the time, they can double team those guys. And if they can get pressure – you, you know, it really does come down to whether the third guys can defeat players. And what I've, what I saw in the data is it's absolutely true. And it's true going all the way back to 06, even, uh, your second best receiver in a game is influences EPA more than your first best receiver. And then predictively the first receiver, you know, going into the game. So literally the best graded guy does not influence the game as much as the second, third and fourth receivers. And, and the, change exacerbates in the playoffs basically your top rated receiver has almost no influence over your epa per play in the playoffs in the passing game which tells me that once you get into the playoffs you're facing teams who are pretty good at taking away your first option and so if you think about that okay we're looking forward here should kansas city have traded up for henry ruggs should they have you know at the time that was sort of a, a thought um but henry ruggs is bad 
That's what we have to remember. After one year, after one year, we know his bad. We know his You bad. know, they signed Sammy Watkins, and everybody was like, "Well, he can offer plus play in the playoffs. That's great." But what was he really reliable? I mean, that's really what you have to look at. No, he played like 19 snaps. wasn't reliable at all the other day. McCole Hardman. They so like the Chiefs wasn't for lack of trying. It was just that their tertiary and below receivers just didn't produce. Green Bay it was almost for lack of trying. You know, both those teams were the left tackle out. Usually you'd be able to curb that with plays to, you know, your receivers quickly. But Tampa Bay was also smart enough. I mean, you look at Tampa Bay has drafted seven defensive backs in the top four rounds of the last three drafts. And so, you know, when a team, and we, we saw this again with L.A., we'll see it in the, with the Chargers too, when they play coverage first, sort of sort out the front end second, then they can sort of match you up, you know, two players on Kelsey, two players on Hill. And it really – if your front four can win in any sort of, you know, respectable manner, then you need those third and fourth options. So when you look at the free agency this year, you look at the draft, I don't think there's a team in the NFL that doesn't need a wide receiver. You, so a lot, a lot of stuff there. The first thing that I thought that really stuck out to me was the difference between the regular season and the playoffs, because the goal for all these teams that are good to very good to potentially great is simply to win a Super Bowl. But often we'll look back at the regular season, we'll go, oh, this team was 13 and 3, 14 and 2, and you know, therefore they should be a Super Bowl contender. It's like, well, it's a really it's a different game in the playoffs to the point where the Green Bay Packers with Devontae Adams were unstoppable offensively, highest EPA per pass play in the in the league. And then when it gets to a game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that scheme highlighted by Todd Bowles, I think it emphasizes the importance of a defensive coordinator here, was able to shut him down. And you saw, I think this was the thing I wrote down from reading your piece. So the drop-off in correlation between wide receiver one entering a game, their grade, and EPA uh, per play in that game, from re in the regular season is 0.15. In the playoffs is 0.06. And that is a massive drop-off. I mean, a massive drop-off. Yeah. And so if you're thinking about trying to win a Super Bowl and you look at some of these teams and you look at the Packers, you look at the Seahawks, you look um, at the Chiefs, and even at the Bucks, who have both Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin are free agents, like, I think you're right. I, I legitimately don't think there is a team out there that doesn't need a wide receiver. And this is a great year to need one because there's tons of wide receivers in free agency and there's tons of wide receivers in the draft. This wide receiver class might be better Mike Renner thought he said he thinks it's better than last year's class. Yeah. Well, and Tampa shows you exactly the, the sort of mentality you need to have. Like, look, there were not, there were perturbations to Tampa's system. OJ Howard's a first round pick, bust, but they play him as the, you know, secondary tight end to Gronk. He gets hurt. What do they bring up? They bring up Cameron Brait, who is a starting caliber tight end in the league as their second option. Gronk, obviously, they don't settle there. They have Godwin, Evans. Right, they don't settle there. They go get Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's hurt for the NFC title game. Who steps up? Scotty Miller. Um, you know, Tyler Johnson made a huge catch against New Orleans. And again, like this is just a situation where you need players sort of up and down the roster who are going to perform. You know, they don't have to perform at starter caliber. You know, but they can't just have duds in big games. Like you know, McCole Hardman can't like not track the ball. Right, uh, you know, and and Kelsey dropped a pass. You know, uh, I think Hill didn't have a great game in the Super Bowl, but you need some of those secondary guys to step up. And you know, you, you didn't see it in the Super Bowl. You did see it a little bit in the AFC title game with Hardman having the long catch and the or long run and the touchdown catch. 
Um, you saw it last year with Sammy Watkins. Um, but, you know, for the most part, like, and you didn't see it in Green Bay. Like, in the, in the divisional round, what happened? Why, what foiled that theorem? Well, it was Aaron Donald getting hurt. So the, you know, the Rams could, could scaffold their coverage and, you know, worry about the front four. But when you don't have Donald, obviously that foils everything and you can't get the pass rush and then guys have time to get open. Again, in the previous weekend when it was, you know, Metcalf and uh, Lockett, they could get that pressure because Donald was healthy and the Seahawks kind of run a crappy, you know, sort of protection scheme. You get in the AFC, you get in the NFC title game and there's just nowhere for Rodgers to throw. You look in the red zone, try to throw to Adams, like what, six times? And it's just like none of those secondary guys could step up. Well, you want, you need more outs on offense. I think what we're learning, and I, I was trying to think about why this would be the case. And we have seen teams move to much lighter defensive personnel. I mean, the Chiefs are a really good example of that. They play dime and nickel at an extremely high rate. And now part of that is because their linebackers can't cover, but teams are figuring out that defensive backs are going to help your pass coverage far more than a, than a linebacker will, and that's huge. So if we look at the free agents, our free agent rankings on pff.com, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, um, Corey Davis, Antonio Brown, Juju, Curtis Samuels, an interesting one, Marvin Jones, um, even all the way down to Nelson Aguilar and your boy Sammy Watkins. Um, where are some, what are some options for some of these players that you like? Well, it sounds, it sounds silly, but like a team, and, and you know, people are talking about how Bakhtiari, um, you know, his, him, you know, sort of restructuring his deal was maybe putting them in position to get J.J. Watt. I think it's probably trying to get put them in position to get Allen Robinson. Try for him. So, so for, would you you if you're the Packers, would you rather have Allen Robinson or Will Fuller? Uh I'd I'd rather have Allen Robinson because I know that he can be re reliable, dependable. Like Will Fuller is a great like I don't know this is silly because I obviously think they're both great, but like. Will Fuller's not dependable at all. Yeah. You know, but don't you think you can get him at a much cheaper price? Um, I mean, much cheaper? I don't know. I, Because Fuller, well, like we project about a $4 million difference. I mean, are people going to be, yeah, and you can see all of this, by the way, at pff.com. Yep. But, um, you know, Fuller has the PED thing. Um, he has the injury. The injury situation. He's never played a lot of snaps. Um, Alan but isn't Allen Robinson – if you're the Packers, do you actually need a speed guy? Is that is that that's kind of what people feel they need because Devontae Adams is like such a diverse wide receiver and he'll run short and intermediate routes. He can go deep as well. But that seems to be the way people think. Whereas I actually think they speed might be an easier thing to fill. What they really need is someone that can get open consistently, yeah. and that might well, be Allen Robinson. Yeah, and Robinson and, and Galladay, three and four on our rank uh, for um, PFF uh, free agents. That's kind of the ding on them both, right, is they're both kind of contested catch guys. Mm -hmm. um, and you wonder if that is repeatable consistently. Galladay had a terrific year in 18 and followed up with an even better year in 19, I thought. Um, and... But like, you know, when you're, you know, plus you have the injury stuff, but you have the inability to separate the, the, the jump ball kind of stuff that makes you a little bit um, worrisome. What about, okay. What about 
So when you're looking at some of these teams, if you're looking at Seattle, for example, let's say Seattle. By the way, I found a really funny quote. So Marty Schottenheimer died on Monday, I think. I was watching a playoff game he was coaching, and he kicked the field goal on fourth and one from the one yard line to go up ten six. And I and I and I read a I, sorry. I this is this is worth it. I read a I read a Los Angeles Times article where they asked him why he was against the Raiders who were in LA at the time. And they go, why'd you kick? He goes, well, the day before I gambled, I was playing a video game with my son, Brian, and I gambled and I missed. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> That's incredible, isn't it? Do you think he was actually being serious? Because I could see him being like, I'm going to fuck with this guy. And yeah, I mean, story. like, I, I'm, but it I'm also making, wasn't, doesn't surprise me at all. It wouldn't I'm surprise making fun of, I'm making fun of Marty because uh, obviously, like, he was like, he's like seventh all time in wins. Like, he's, you know, uh, uh, unreal as far as a coach. Um, but I found that to be the most hilarious that's, thing I saw really all week. Um, and he mentions his son, Brian, the, 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 that's so good. the, uh, the Seahawks coach. Um, but no, I mean, like if you're like, let's say, let's say you are the Seattle Seahawks. It, there's a ton of problems with that team. How many of them get covered up by just like signing Juju Smith-Schuster? Zero. So uh, to me, that's the one player I'm not signing. So you don't think he's very good. I don't think he's very good. Um, that's not really all of it. I think Juju's fine, but I don't really understand where the love is for Juju, especially because, I, oh man, so 70 PFF grade last year, 42nd among wide receivers in war. The year before, he was 103rd. In 2018, he had a good season. He was 14th. But, oh man, it's really hard for me to, to – pay a, a just a slot an average slot guy like juju yeah i think that that's really like the question because because you're gonna pay him 17 a year like that's a lot to me go draft a guy i I, I think it might be smaller than that though because you look at the well and again like our guy you know brad and company they do a great job i'm not saying that like i dispute this measurement i'm saying that the the cap's lower mm -hmm there's wide receivers all day like i'm updating the odds to become a first overall pick by the way did you know that the implied odds for trevor lawrence have gone on two percent over the last like week um it's incredible <laughs> and uh and i look at all the wide receivers smith you know uh mm -hmm. waddle uh, jamar chase probably the best of all of them you got a few more trickling down there i, I think some teams believe they can they can and look like last season Robbie Anderson was what number two mm -hmm. ranked wide receiver, mm -hmm. and he got basically nothing. Mm -hmm. So, this might be a situation where people maybe rightly think, "Look, I'm not going to pay for a star wide receiver. I'm going to pay for depth there." Like thinking maybe they know that what well, we've just figured out all along, and and maybe that suppresses the price of all but the Godwins, Robinsons, and Galladays, mm -hmm. and maybe Fuller. Like right, like there's a cliff. Like, what did we think Robbie Anderson was going to go for last year? Probably 15, 20? Yeah, that's a great point. And, and now he had some some personal stuff, too. I'm curious, do you think Antonio Brown goes back to Tampa Bay? I got to think so. Well, it depends upon what they do with Godwin, but you have to think so. You have to think that, like— They're going to try and go well, to. Antonio Brown—think like, about, like, the NBA is sort of like this, right? There were some NBA players, like, that would just follow LeBron, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I, uh, People <laughs> are going to follow Brady. But what I think is interesting is Russell Wilson— and to a lesser degree, Aaron Rodgers speaking out, 
to me is a lot about saying, look what the Bucks did for Tom Brady. I forget who made this point. It might have been, um, might have been Robert Mays, but um, that they're saying, look, I want you, meaning the team, to invest in my success and our success as a team the same way that the Bucks did for Tom Brady. So I think it puts a lot of these players that receiver in a in a kind of nice position because there are going to be teams out there that are looking to win a Super Bowl and are like, I need this great wide receiver to be my third guy. Like, it would not surprise me if Seattle went out and tried to do that. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Green Bay went out and tried to do that. Or if any of those took a wide receiver in the draft, because there are some really good ones. And we saw, yeah. you know, we saw Justin Jefferson, Chase Claypool have an immediate impact. Um, By the way, if, I, the, if you look, talk about Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson is one of my main, like, thought processes about this research, which is, Thielen, terrific season. Jefferson, an all-time rookie season. And that offense is still, like, not good enough to make the playoffs with because their third wide receiver is Tajay Sharp and Chad Beebe. Like, yeah, that's a great point. You know, like, you just need to give – like, if you think you have enough weapons on your off- – Chiefs have, the Chiefs proved this in the Super Bowl. If you think you have enough – if you think you are throwing options out the ears at, at receiver, tight end, all that stuff, you probably need one more. Like, yeah. even Buffalo. No, all you know, of those, there isn't, like, I don't think there is a team, especially given that the Bucks have their two, two of their best three guys as free agents. You said it perfectly. There isn't a team that doesn't need more good wide receivers. Similarly, doesn't need more good defensive backs. By the way, your article up on PFF tomorrow, the free agency rankings up on PFF right now, and the draft guide where you can check out all of the soon-to-be NFL by the way, wide receivers. I just found this, the, the, the most... Um, the the way to, to the way to um, the way to light your money on fire the quickest is to bet Kyle Trask twenty five to one to be the number one overall pick. He's twenty five to one. I, I can't think of a, a more like insulting like offering than that. Who's betting on that? Do you think there's a single person? <laughs> I don't that's know. Um, I don't know. All right, we're going to talk about some Super Bowl futures here, but first, I uh, want to remind everyone that look, college basketball the madness is not until March, but that doesn't mean that the fun has to wait until then. And that's why you can go to DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app right now. It's giving all new players that use promo code PFF a chance to win $100 in cash. New customers can bet $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. And if your team makes (laughs) a three, you will win $100. Use promo code PFF when you sign up and get that deal. The NBA is, is shooting threes at a ridiculous rate. So I'm sure you can make it happen. Um, and, uh, of course, there's all these other good things that you can bet on, including Super Bowl futures. We're going to talk about these in just a second. You can also bet on MVP, conference winners, and division winners at DraftKings Sportsbook plus hockey, soccer. The whole deal, they've paid out over $7 billion to its customers since 2012. So, look, they're pretty reliable. Go to DraftKings.com, use promo code PFF, and get 101 odds when any basketball team hits a three-point shot only the DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia. Only new customers, only restrictions apply. Winnings paid out in four $25 free bets. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 100GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT or in Virginia, 888-532-3500. Okay. Super Bowl futures. These are on um, DraftKings.com. I'm going to read these out here. Chiefs plus 525 bucks. 9 to 1, Packers 10 to 1, Ravens 12 to 1, Bills also 12 to 1, Rams with Matthew Stafford now 13 to 1, Jeez. San Francisco 49ers 14 to 1, that's interesting, Cleveland Browns and New Orleans Saints are 20 to 1, 
Seahawks 22 to 1, Colts 25 to 1, so are the Dolphins. Titans are 28 to 1, Dallas 30 to 1 along with the Chargers and the Steelers. Patriots are 40 to 1, the Cardinals are 40 to 1, the Panthers 50, Vikings also 50 to 1. Um, I'll let you start. Give me a couple teams or give me one team that really stuck out to you first and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, so first off, the Bucks prior to the game Sunday were 12 to 1. Now they're nine to one. Packers were nine to one. Even after the game the other day, have gone to ten to one. Chiefs five fifty going into the Super Bowl, five fifty after. Now five twenty five. So I'll say this: Do you think I think the Chiefs' numbers way too short. Yeah. I I, I think um, I don't think the Chiefs will be a good futures bet for the Super Bowl for another five years. They'll always get this tax on them. Plus, they have, if you look at what I think is interesting, if you look at the top um, teams here, I mean, you have the Bills, okay? The Bills are there, and you have the Ravens. Um, but if I'm looking at teams that could potentially get Deshaun Watson, I'm thinking about some NFC teams. So the Chiefs do have an opportunity to not, you know, to get one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL into the other division, which makes it harder for those other teams. But I agree with you. Uh, one of the teams in this group that I did highlight were the Packers. Um, not only did you mention that move, I think so. I think the Bucks winning the Super Bowl, you know, that helps uh, people, you know, take people off the Packers' scent. And I think the Packers would be naive not to look at what the Bucks did and say, "Why not us?" I mean, really, though, you know, I I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers deserves to be treated as you know a quarterback that can't do what Tom Brady did. But there's no, there's, it's a simple fact that Tom Brady had more to work with at wide receiver than, um, yeah. than Aaron Rodgers. He also had a coach that was willing to like humble himself and acquiesce to what Brady wanted at a number of times. Yeah, right? but, but I don't think that Lafleur, I don't think that Lafleur is lacking in that. I think they're simply lacking in the ability to be diverse offensively. What was he? What was Lafleur going to do? Go play receiver? No, I, mean, I agree that their scheme wasn't great, but I it evolved a ton. From, I don't think they're yeah. I, it evolved I, a ton from year one to year two. I don't you know, and I think there will be some evolvement, um, evolving in year three. Anyways, at ten to one, if I were to pick one of those favorites, I think that is the one that I would bet on. I'm not touching the Niners at fourteen to one. That seems like a built-in Deshaun Watson is going there price. Yeah. Here, here's what I'll here's what I'll say. I think. There's a couple things. I think the fact that the that Aaron Rodgers didn't know they were going to draft Jordan Love, and I think Aaron Rodgers not knowing the fact they were going to kick a field goal at the end of the NFC Championship game are two things where there's no way Brady didn't know any of that shit. That yeah. that that's my, my well, and Brady made the call to go for a touchdown at the end of the half. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, to Green Bay. so I, that that's my thing. Okay, but here here are a couple long shots that I do like. Okay, let's see um, how many of these I also liked. I like Carolina at fifty to one. Oh. I think that's a possible Deshaun Watson the smock. destination. Also, oh. keeping Joe Brady is a big deal. I uh, don't think it's possible Deshaun Watson destination. Okay, but but if it is, it, it's clearly a good. Bet. I agree. Um, I also like Denver at sixty-six to one for the same exact that reason. That's one that I like. Um, I also like um, the Jets at eighty to one. I don't think Deshaun goes there, but eighty to one is too good of a is too good of a stab. Um, if he does go there, then they are immense yeah uh, they're 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 immensely more valuable than that you should I, let me give you a strategy and tell me what you think about this strategy so 
as the Deshaun Watson news is going along, if I feel that there is there are a couple teams or it's been whittled down to a couple teams, I may go bet on a Super Bowl future if it hasn't moved because I, you know, that might be a market that lags behind that news. And I think he's good enough to make a huge difference. For example, if there is any reason to believe that it's down to like the Niners and the Broncos, I'm going to go bet both of those teams to win the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. What do you well, think that's about like, that? That's what we did. I mean, when we found out that Brady was close, I mean, that was that's like the whole thing. And like, that's how you sort of build a bankroll on some of these, which is like, um, you know, they're, they're going to offer some props. You know, they're going to offer some odds for, for, for teams. And like, if it gets down to two of them, just bet both of them. You know, you're not right. you're talking about betting a little bit to win a lot. A lot. Yep. Um, okay, let me give you – so I have some long shots that you did not mention. And I know you're going to know one of them. You have to know what one of them is. Okay. Um, first, I have two teams that I like based on potential Deshaun Watson destinations, but also because I just believe that they actually are pretty good teams to begin with. The Miami Dolphins are 25-1. to 1. Now, that price isn't great. I think there is a little bit of maybe they get Deshaun Watson built in, obviously. Um, but if they do get Deshaun Watson, they would certainly be worth well above 25-1. to 1. And then the Washington football team is 66-1. to 1. Washington football team is good. Yeah. They have some really good players. Um, offensively, uh, Terry McLaurin is fantastic. Um they have actual depth at wide receiver. They, don't, they need more, obviously. But um, Sims can play a little bit. Antonio Gibson can catch the ball. And then defensively, they're nowhere near as bad as I think people expected them to be. Um, now, that'll regress a little bit, but the fundamentals are there for them to be solid. 6-6-1 six, six sounds great. And then my last one, which I know you will love, the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons. The PFF Falcons are 60-1. to They are going to potentially an offense that is – worlds better than it has been before mm-hmm. and we saw what this team was able to do when they had a really solid offensive scheme with Kyle Shanahan they were fucking amazing so uh, if I'm looking for an offense and I think we're gonna talk about this maybe here in a second with MVP to explode this season that is flying under the radar to me it's the Atlanta Falcons and well so not only that I'll but jinx it for everybody not only that but but Carolina might not be any good mm-hmm. um Tampa might fall apart like I, I made this comparison and I, I said it to our friend Timo, which like obviously I think was a mistake because he doesn't he doesn't follow baseball, American baseball, you know. But I said the the Bucks are sort of like the Miami slash Florida Marlins. Yeah, they won two Super Bowls, like you know, and then in many ways sort of fell apart all around. There's like a chance that the Bucks fall apart, like Brady's arm falls off and they don't get Shaq Barrett, they don't get Godwin back. Um, except you know, Mike Evans hits a wall physically, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Well, I wouldn't even say all of those things. Like I think Brady can still be fantastic, but they they were healthier at the end of the season yeah. than just about any team, and I think that regresses a little bit. But the yeah, I mean, Let's, so so, but I, I, and then New Orleans is going to be starting James Winston in, in many in all likelihood. So the the division is there for Atlanta yep. to take over and win for the first time since 2016. Which was the last time they made the play, the Super Bowl. So, I love the Falcons sixty one. You're welcome. Okay, uh, MVP. Let me. Um, I mean, this one's hilarious. This is pretty funny. Okay, I'm going to read a few. Patrick Mahomes five to one. Rogers eight to one. Allen thirteen to one. Wilson also thirteen to one. Stafford fifteen to one. Brady sixteen to one. As is Lamar Jackson. Dak Prescott seventeen to one. As is Deshaun Watson. At eighteen to one, Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray. And then we have Ryan Tannehill at twenty-five to one. 
Can I read you a list of names to dispute the, the Justin Herbert number? Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me just read these for you. Daniel Jones, Dwayne Askins, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, Mitch Trubisky, Jared Goff, Paxton Lynch, Marcus Mariota, Blake Bortles, Johnny Manziel, Brandon Whedon, Andrew Luck, Blaine Gabbert, Tim Tebow, and Sam Bradford. Those are what is that list? Two thousand first round quarterbacks since two thousand and ten who changed offensive coordinators from first year to second year. Oh, interesting. And and uh, the funniest the, thing is Manziel I, went from a Shanahan to whatever the fuck yeah. after him. But it was but you look at that name, how many of those players have been successful? Lamar, mm -hmm. Andrew Luck, um, you could count Bradford, maybe. Um, Count Mariota, maybe. Count Goff, maybe. But none of these guys, like, and the Herbert thing's weird, right? Because he played extremely well for a rookie. But you throw Steichen out. Do you know who Lombardi got fired for? Jim Bob Cooter in, two, in 2015. That's the last time he's had a chance to call plays. And in the when they started 1-6, Jim Caldwell fired him for Jim Bob Cooter. And Stafford was great after that. Like, the the Herbert stuff, and I know this comes off as, oh, you're just hating because you didn't like him in the first place. Whatever. I, I, I'll i take that. But there's a lot of shit that, like, I mean, when you're hanging, and I get the whole 18-1 okay. to 1 thing. It's second-year player, blah, blah, yeah. blah. The, this is, the simple point on this is that this is all about momentum. The market loves Justin Herbert. Why? Because he's young. He played well. He has a lot of splash plays. Plays in Los Angeles. Just one rookie of the year. So there is a lot of ancillary things that are not based on real data that are why he's 18 to one. And I love Justin Herbert. I'm, I really hope that he plays better from a clean pocket next year. And if so, I think he can, you know, get back to, or get close to that same level of production. But this year he was better under pressure than he was from a clean pocket. Yeah. So I would be nervous about that. Um, you he know, also averaged just like 6.8 yards per pass attempt without play action. Yeah. He's just an average quarterback okay. in many So we're cases. not betting, we're not betting Herbert at 18 to one. No. Um, who here would you place your first bet on? Uh, I think <laughs> I think uh, Lamar at sixteen to one is a pretty good play. Okay, I have my first bet would be on Deshaun Watson at seventeen to one. Now, there's a couple of reasons that you might not like it. He's you know likely to either move, could potentially be sitting out, or be forced to stay in Houston. But to me, Deshaun Watson is a no-brainer from a narrative standpoint if he plays well because he's been in the news. People will be talking about yeah. him. And if he picks the team he goes to, they'll probably be a pretty good team. So, for example, if he goes to San Francisco and they win that division, MVP. If he goes to Denver, let's say he goes to Denver or Las Vegas. And they win that and division. They win that Denver division, currently – 15 to 1 to win that division yeah. by the way which is a great bet. So 17 to 1, I love I really like Deshaun Watson. I also at 17 to 1 like Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was incredible. And they had so much bad luck in those first few games. Obviously had the injury. Now you're you has to come back from the injury, but that was a long time ago. And then my last one that I like as a long shot is Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is 100 to 1. I, see that's that's too low for me. That, I, that's that's a really good. That one. is ridiculous to me. He is below. Um, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, Trevor Lawrence, Sam Darnold, Cam Newton, Dalvin Cook. Tua is fifty to one. 
Uh, Matt so, Ryan's the official PFF pick. Go this. bet Matt Ryan <laughs> and the, and the uh, to win MVP and the Falcons to win. Um, well, the Falcons currently right. So they just put these down, which is why I'm looking. Um, the NFC South. The Falcons are eleven to one to win the NFC South. That I. Yeah. Go go get it. Gestures at everything. I feel like is is the is the phrase here. All right. How are they the worst team in the NFC South? They're not. That's ridiculous. Okay. Let's take a look at. Um, we're gonna guess some win totals here. So, um, let's actually do this. Let's go. We, we said we were gonna do two, um, but let's start with one, uh, and let's go with the NFC East because we've talked about them a little bit here. I think the NFC East will be really interesting. So, a couple things to note. You mentioned this uh, before the show. There could be 17 games this year. Okay. It has to be voted on. That will obviously change win totals. That's why they're not out there. We're doing this as if there were going to be 16 games. Um, it is interesting also, and I, this is one stat that I wanted to throw out here. Uh, Lee Sharp called this out. 11 teams won 11 plus games last year. It has been seven teams to win 11 plus games for the five prior years. And I wonder if that impacts win totals at all in that maybe there'll be more barbell as opposed to you know concentrated and that might offer some value if you just look last year um, win totals added up to 262 and a half wins uh, depending on where you look i got these from william hill so that's six games six and a half games more than can possibly be won. so you'll mention you know as we go through this we'll probably talk about liking more unders than overs and that makes sense because the market likes to bet overs as opposed to unders and that's why those lines you know don't add up to 256. this podcast is also brought to you by pristineauction.com check out their daily auctions starting at one dollar on over eight thousand football items that are up for auction sign helmets balls jerseys and much more pristine auction guaranteed guarantees authenticity on every product it's hard to say but easy to do use promo code pff for ten dollars off your first invoice before we get back to the podcast, got to remind you guys right now on PFF.com, there's so much good stuff for you if you have an edge or an elite subscription. The quarterback annual came out today. If you're listening to this on Monday, the draft guide version two is up there. The free agency rankings and write-ups, plus the top 150 free agents um, article that is continuously updated, all live on PFF.com. So go get your edge or elite subscription. You will not be disappointed to get it for a whole year, take you through the entirety of next season pff.com go make it happen all those half games and everything too yep. um okay so let's uh let, what order do you want to do this in let's well how about how about we we snake through so okay. let's do so let's do dallas washington new york philly okay. and i'll do dallas first well yeah then, but let's let's both give our predictions for each team that's what i'm saying yeah. so i'll do i'll do dallas first okay and then you can follow back I think Dallas's win total should be eight and a half. God, we're we need to spend less. We don't actually spend as much nope. time together as we used to. I know to we were lamenting about office. that earlier because we're, we're no one's in here. This is our time to hang out. Eight it was it was think? ten last year. I put eight and a half as well. Um, I I had I put eight and a half. I said maybe it could be nine. I then remembered all of the bad you things about that time. team. Yeah, yeah, and how bad that division is. That I expect the Washington Football Team to continue to be decent. Um, the uh, NFC East plays the AFC West this year. Um, That's also why I put I put it down a little. I you know. Yep. Uh, no, I'm with you there. Do you, are they the favorite to to win that division in your mind? Uh, they are. I have them with the highest win total. Yeah, they are the, also the favorite on DraftKings um, by a, a decent amount. 
Okay. Now the next one is New York. You go first. Uh, the New York Giants. I they were six and a half last year. I put them at six and a half this year. I did too. This is this might be that's might end up being boring. <laughs> I will. By the way, I will take the limit. Please and th- I would take the under for the limit. Please and thank you. I, at six and a half. They yes. Yeah. Uh, they didn't even get well. The, what did they get? Six and ten this year, and they were supposedly reborn, reborn under. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, who who is liking this like Houston Texans thing more than Joe Judge? Yeah, that's a good point. All of the the rah rah like he's he's a mainstream. The Overton window for Joe Judge's like stuff has been shifted so far. He's like a mainstream like. Yeah. Anyway, um, the okay. the New York Giants. I thought this was interesting. They were five and five in one score games. They played ten one score games. They were five and five, so they were one and five in separator games. So if you two and a half, so they're really a three and a half win team fundamentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah that that that's a that's an under bet weight and a half and please. Right. And if they if they give us six and a half, I mean, taking it. Uh, next up, you said the Eagles. Go for the Eagles, yeah. Uh, it's it's you. I'll take five and a half. God damn it. This might be more boring than we thought. I put five and a half, too. Um, this is not fun at all, I guess. Uh, they I, think we'll di- I think we'll differ on Washington, given what you said so far. Okay. Um, five and a half. Let's talk briefly about the Eagles. Are you assuming that Carson Wentz is no longer there? I'm assuming – because if they – look, if Vegas puts a five and a half out there, I'm betting under. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know – I know, I know the simulations almost always take teams like this year's Panthers, this, this year's Jags, and, and, you know, this year's Washington. So that one went over. But a lot of teams that are like, you know, in that four and a half, five range for win totals, like I do think simulations overvalue those teams because mm-hmm. of the noise. And generally speaking, like bad teams, like, you know, like just lose football games. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this closed at five flat. Um, you know, after all this, all the news comes out, like they're, they're just going to be a bad football team. Like I, sorry. I'm man. really concerned about the, the Eagles being really terrible and that I hate saying that. Cause I actually think J- Jalen hurts with the right setup could be good. And I'll say this, I think I'm, I'm disappointed that, that that will happen to Jalen hurts. It's like, tough I, because Sirianni does not, um, he doesn't instill confidence in, in me. If it were five, I would really be looking for ways to bet over. I do believe in in Roseman and uh, Lurie and them being shrewd. I know they're getting a lot of shit, but I actually do think they're pretty sharp. Carson Wentz was a disaster last year, an absolute disaster. Uh, 29th out of 32 in grade from a clean pocket. Um, he had the worst um, negatively graded, uh, negative, I can't speak, negative grade rate in the NFL. It was mm-hmm. terrible. Um, so it's interesting because the narrative was that they were going to get a first for him. And now it's not looking as though no. that was the case at all. Uh, no, uh, it, it look, it's not looking great, Bob. Um, and it's not looking good for Chicago either. The, the fact that that's, um, that, 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 would that you, what would you give for him? The, the current thing where they're talking about, like two twos, eh, I think you can go. I, I, I would maybe go there. Yeah. I, I would make the Eagles take a significant amount of his money, though. Right. I was going to say this. If I were the Colts, I would give up. I guess I would give up two twos if the Eagles were paying for him. 
I mean, what's your what's your other what's your other? Would you rather have Sam Darnold or Carson Wentz? Ah, uh, Carson Wentz. Well, I'd rather have Sam Darnold. No, here's the thing with Darnold that it, it's it, I I want to stay consistent. The thing with Darnold is you can get out from out out from out from that relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. The problem is is if you what's the bar for, from which you'll get rid of him? Because at some point this team, which you know has been reeling from the Andrew Luck retirement for a while. This team has to eventually pick a long-term option in the QB position. And unfortunately, they've been good enough where they've been safely away from that draft slot for a long time. Mm -hmm. So the Wentz thing at least ties you to that. But it ties you to that. That's the problem, too. Darnold gives you an out in which I I can, you know, I'm not all that confident that the team is is going to like fully buy into him which i think you do need to because he's like a fragile like cult <laughs> yeah but carson wentz is lit- literally also fragile that's like, what i'm saying like he's a frat yeah, yeah. so Darnold. i don't know i think uh, my thought is that frank Wright could really do some nice things with sam Darnold. and um but what, Darnold, what's true sam about Darnold? sam Darnold? it's not true about wentz got mono ones yeah i mean yeah, I like I, I don't see there being a, a, a marked difference between the two, which is part of the issue. Now, interestingly, Philadelphia on the betting markets is currently um, second most likely team to win the NFC East, which I categorically reject. That's hilarious. I, I That's absurd. I, you know, the Eagles, the Eagles left tail is so big. Like, what could the Eagles do right now to get to what could the Eagles do right now to, to get themselves in position for this? I mean, they could. They basically need the whole division to shit themselves like they did last year. Yes, or um, they get a quarterback. Now, the nice thing about their situation is that they have Jalen Hurts and they have a high pick. I'm gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to use the big short uh, uh, quote. With what instrument, Michael? They don't have. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great quote. They don't have a top three pick. Yeah. I don't. Trey Lance. I'm sorry. Is not the. Is not. Trey Lance is not a start week one guy. He played one freaking game this fall. He played at Fargo State. He's not like he's go off. Go off. I like I like Lance as like go a talented off. guy, but I like them bringing in Lance. I like them bringing in Lance. But that doesn't him help Hertz. them win the division this year. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. But five games is low. Okay. Washington football team. I have them. And they're like eighty million or whatever above the cap. Right. It's That's ridiculous. a problem. Washington football. Then they can't cover. Washington football team. I have at seven and a half wins. I we disagree here. I have them at six and a half. Wow, a full win difference. Here's why: defense regresses. Yeah. So right now everybody's making this. Everybody's making the Ronald like they, their defense. Literally last year got a career year out of Ronald Darby. Yeah, they, you know, it, best defenses in EPA per play allowed: the Los Angeles Rams in first, Pittsburgh Steelers in second, Washington Football Team in third, under under Miami Dolphins in fourth. Under. Yeah. The 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 issue is again. You know, you can't hold that constant when you're talking about them. So let's say they're the 10th best defense. And they and they roll out some fruit basket upset of Taylor Heineke, Alex Smith, mm-hmm. and uh, which Allen is it? Kyle Allen. Mm-hmm. Right? If they do that, like, I, turn the lights off. I, you know, I can't. You they, can't win with that. They went three and five. So here's my reasoning for seven and a half. They won seven games last year while playing. Dwayne Haskins at quarterback and Kyle Allen for a period of time and they were three and five in close games um and so I if they get some stability at at quarterback 
and they are going to regress defensively, but they're still going to be a pretty good team. Um, I, I seven and a half is where I think it'll land. I would be tempted to bet the under there, um, but I don't. I don't see this going below. I hate this seven, because I, I I really do like I really do like Ron Rivera as a coach, and he seems like a great human being. If if the market puts seven and a half as the win total for Washington, like. I, I, and they go over that, I might be homeless because I like it's there. I also think there's, I also bumped it. I also have it at seven and a half because I think there is a chance they could make a Deshaun Watson pull. And to me, that's, that's the, the one out here. Cause like they don't otherwise have, like on offense, they, they have one good receiver and they have a bunch of guys who are like, are okay. Like guys who are not embarrassing, the Sims brothers, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, the tight end, the, the Logan Thomas, the guy that played quarterback for Arizona like seven years ago they're not terrible there they're not great on the offensive line they're you know and then on defense again like they're they're a front four defense which once a team figures that out and like goes after their secondary you know i'm not all that like confident that they'll be an elite defense next year so all right this was kind of fun i like the little disagreement there at the end we're going to do because we had futures we only did one division we'll probably do two at a time going forward we're going to try and do um interviews on Wednesdays we'll do some more betting stuff on Sundays uh, and obviously start talking about the draft a little bit more as we get closer Mm -hmm. to our mock draft which is coming up a reminder go to pff.com you're listening to this on Monday the quarterback annual is out you can go get that if you have an edge subscription if you don't have an edge subscription yet go get one free agency board is live has JJ Watt on there with analysis and everything else and of course the draft guide is up there so go get all the good stuff that you need to sustain because honestly there's not a lot else out there okay no, I mean, not a lot else i am embarrassed to say that i watched an fcs game on a stream that's on periscope yesterday that's we did win though i mean it was nice but there's fan controlled football oh i i did i did hear about that yeah, yeah. manzel was that was that his thing yeah i uh could not bring myself to watch it i i didn't know it existed so i'm, I'm... if you ever want to laugh anyone out there listening to this will close out here if you go on um go on instagram if you have an instagram uh, Johnny Menzel does these podcasts with this guy. He's a decently well-known podcaster. I can't remember his name, but go find him. Um, just like go to Johnny Menzel's Instagram and you'll see some clips of him. Basically, they're high as a kite just talking about stuff. And it's it's absolutely hilarious. Some of the stuff that Johnny has to say is really funny and interesting. And it, it's a good time. I promise you, you will enjoy Can it. we talk about how hilarious it is that in, that, that that is considered – but it is funny. I, you know. It's great content. Yeah. In fact, I watched a full 10-minute video about Johnny Manziel saying that he – talking about the first time that he met Drake as a sophomore in college and how he had to, like, save up stipends to pay for a ticket to Toronto. And it's I, I'd go check save it out. up stipends. Yeah, yeah. My God. it's incredible. I mean, all he had to do is call a booster. Let's I, be let's be or real his family honest. or his family. Um, anyways, that's our that's my um, go enjoy yourself uh, piece of content. All right. That is the PFF forecast. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Thanks for hanging out. See ya.